Yeah? <laughs> this is free. It may sound weird, but this is the freedom. This is the total freedom from it. So the mental process is making up the self, and in that, what it makes up, the self, that part of that process feels like it's the one that owns the process. In other words, just like your feeling of the body is it's your body. Your feeling of a thought that becomes cognized is I'm the thinker of it, or it's my thought. Yeah? Isn't that how it does it? You look at the body in the, in the mirror, it's my body. You have problems, my problems. Time, my time. Yeah? But time is not my time. So it says, all right, so this, this mental process, the information that the organism is the only the mental process, it volunteers an answer to a question never posed. See, it preempts the threat that awareness or curiosity or entertaining would present to it. It realizes what could happen, so it already preemptively defends against that because it says, so that the organism is the owner of the mental process. It volunteers an answer to a question never posed. To whom is this happening? Yeah? It says, me! See? It knows sooner or later, because there's consciousness, that that question is going to become apparent to what's conscious. So it preempts that investigation because it puts the thing as, I, this feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, is what's conscious. Yeah? So it informs the, the process of, re, of representing life in your head has the sense of being the self that life is being represented to. Yeah? And it also represents the self that's actually doing the representation. But there is no self that it's happening to, nor is there a self that's producing the representation. That's the freedom from the bondage of self. The freedom from the bondage of self is entertaining that exactly like the scientist is saying in his little study of the, you know, the neurons of the brain, is that the process of thinking is making up the sense of being the thinker and the thought, yes? When there is just process of thinking, there's no thinker and there's no thought. There's just thinking, the verb of thinking, the verb of selfing, the ver verb of opinionating, the verb of, per of perception. So, to whom is this happening? The sense of a self is the act of knowing in, uh, the sense of a self in the act of knowing is thus created. So while you're knowing, which is what happens when consciousness is there, conscious knows something because it becomes aware of it. Yeah? I know this. First of all, the mind's given this a name called a plant, but I know it because I'm in contact with it. But in every moment of knowing, the mind has given its own answer to who's knowing. And it's saying it's a self. Yeah? You, a long-lasting independent separate entity. So every contact, every act of knowing, there's the knower. And the bondage is not in the knowing, it's on it's the side of the knower. The knowing is going to keep happening, but the knower can be questioned. Yes? Yes. Shit, yeah. Instead of going along, totally tranced out about what's happening, the curiosity that's been extinguished by it giving you this preemptive answer. I'm the one who's living this life. I'm the one who's thinking. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's doing this. With, without that in place, that I'm the one, you're in I don't know, which is a very curious place. Very alert. 
You're very open to possibilities. Your head comes out of the ass of self, and you're looking around now. Yeah. And then you, you're open to receive different, different information before it goes into that tunnel of interpretation with you as the doer and haver of it all, which is the you is part of the mental process. It's not you having the mental process. The mental process creates a you, or makes up a you. It can't create one because there is no you. It can make the, up the appearance of one. Yeah? So, uh, so the sense of a self in the, know, in the act of knowing is thus created, and that forms the basis for the first-person perspective that characterizes the conscious mind. So the conscious mind becomes unconscious when it gets saddled with this first-person perspective. Yes? The conscious mind becomes unconscious when it's saddled with this first-person perspective. I'm the one that's perceiving. Yes? As soon as the perceiving is seen as I'm the one that's perceiving, it causes the conscious mind to become unconscious. Of what? Of its own consciousness. Because the consciousness is now called Craig is who's conscious, and Craig cannot be conscious. Yeah. But in fact, all there is is consciousness. There's no Craig at all. Craig is a product of a mental process that's reacting to the consciousness. Yeah. Again, from an evolutionary perspective, the imperative for a sense of self becomes clear, obviously. Yeah? In this body world. A self-aware organism has an incentive to heed the alarm signals provided by the movie in the brain. In other words, the mind's representation of life as what to be worried about and, what, and to what to move towards, yes, can be a, a very dr good drive for survival here. Yeah. So, to heed the alarm signals provided by the movie in the brain, the instance, you know, for instance, pain caused by a particular object, and plan the future avoidance of such an object, but we've seen how that works with self-will. <laughs> you plan to avoid that painful object, and what happens? You get ten painful objects. <laughs> so evolution of self rewards awareness. So I don't know about that. Which is clearly a survival advantage. So with the movie me metaphor in mind, in other words, all this energy stimu stimuli is being made into a movie with you as the star, yes? Your mind's making it up in the theater, the little porno theater up here. Yeah. Debbie's doing Paul, or Paul's doing Dallas, whatever, you know, it's happening there. <laughs> Self-awareness is actually, so here, with the movie metaphor in mind, if you will, my solution to the, to the conscious mind problem is that the sense of self in the act of knowing, emerges within the movie. The sense of self is not sitting in the audience. Part of it, Ramana Maharshi, said, he was an old master, said a beautiful thing, a lot of beautiful things, but one of them was, was, a lot of people have this take. They realize life's a dream or it's unreal. And they're sort of sitting in the auditorium of life and they're watching the movie of life and they recognize the unreality of it. But they assume that they're real. Yes? He's saying the bigger movie is you sitting there thinking you're real, seeing the unreality of life. That's also the unreality of life. So the mental process 
is, is manufacturing the idea of the self, the self feels it's having the mental process. Yeah. It claims the mental process, but actually it's a product of the mental process. So how can a product of the mental process ever leave the mental process? It can't. Yeah? The creation, in this sense, can never leave the creator. If the mental process is making up the self, the self is never going to transcend self. <laughs> because there isn't a self to transcend. <laughs> Literally. Any trying to transcend self is what we call being in self here. <laughs> so, so with the Moody alright, so the act of knowing emerges. So, this is that the sense of self in the act of knowing emerges within the movie. Emerges within the movie. It's not observing the movie. It comes from the movie. Yeah? The seen and the seer, the thought and the thinker, there is no separate spectator for the movie in the brain. So it goes here. Self-awareness is actually part of the movie and thus creates within the same frame the seer and the seen, and the thinker and the thought. So there's just thinking and seeing, but the conditioned mind makes up a seer and a thinker of the seen and the thought. Yes? So oneness gets separated into two-ness, and then the shenanigans begin. <laughs> yeah? In the mental process, which there's a verb of called thinking, another mental process also separates the thinking into a thinker, which is the self, and the thought. But in fact, like in Buddhism, they say all there is is the thinking. Or Buddha said, when you see, see, when you feel, feel, when you smell, smell, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. When the conditioned mind reacts to that, it's I'm touching that, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing that note, and it separates what's not separable. Yes? It takes the verb of living and partitions it into a noun and a verb. And a noun, actually. That's the illusion, eh? So here it says, There is no separate spectator for the movie in the brain. So, Ricky, when all those thoughts are happening, and there's a sense of you getting attacked by those thoughts, that's a thought also. When all those thoughts seem to be assailing the shore, the pristine shore of rickiness, untouched before by those wetty thoughts, that is the same ocean of thinking. The, the thought of ricky having these thoughts is from the same process where the thoughts arise. It's another thought in the same process. You have never left the mental pro the ocean of the mental process and became an amphibian and dragged yourself into a land of separation and self. There is no island of separation and self. There's just the process of living. Yeah. <laughs> I dig this, man. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so there is no spectator for the movie in the head. The idea of spectator is constructed within the movie. And no ghostly midget haunts the theater. Objective brain processes knit the subjectivity of the conscious mind out of the cloth of sensory mapping. So, 
Your apparatus takes in stimuli, and part of its reaction to that stimuli is to make up a sense of being a self. Now, maybe it's gone a little crazy in us. I would say it has, yeah? Because, like it says, supposedly the movie in the head is supposed to warn you. It's supposed to be like a public, you know, information film. Do not do that again, or don't touch that. You'll get burnt, or this is that. But it, we don't seem to heed any of that information, do we? We keep exerting will, and we get the exact opposite result that we want. Yeah? And we keep going back and resuscitating dead horses with the hopes that we can ride it like we once rode it. So somehow or another, some fucking crazy aspect of the brain, like a, like a, a Wes Craven or a fucking, you know, whoever made those horror movies, t- took over <laughs> directing the mental process and has created a fucking horror movie for most of us. Yeah? And even the language, you can't help use... See, this language is being used by objects... But it's a subjective language. It's so fucking crazy. It keeps us thinking we're a subject because the language reinforces the point of view of being outside or above the fray of all the mental processes and all the experiences, all that life, that dirty, sloppy, organic thing called life. We're sort of above that fray, observing it and maybe putting our finger, foot in it and getting it out and this and that. And yet there's nothing above that fray. That's the freedom from the bondage of self. To me, the freedom from the bondage of self is a recognition there is a That's the one that's worked for me. I don't think there's freedom from... Any freedom that's temporary to me isn't freedom. Now, it may seem temporary in your experience, but the freedom that's offered is not temporary. If the mind is able to entertain it, it's everlasting. Because it's seen as the problem is not real. So therefore, there's no need to exert any solutions on it. Yeah? And that's the freedom from it. Because obviously, the solutions would be coming from the same place the problem arose out of, which is this system called self-centeredness. So the solution is truly part and parcel of the problem. It may give you degrees of a little relief. That's how it keeps you going. But in fact, the chronicness of the dilemma never gets altered. Yeah? You, th- you may be... Look, you have to admit how unconscious we were. Every one of us in this room, at one point in our little story here, was living totally on the consequential level. We did not know the shit was hitting the fan until it hit us in the face. Do you know what I mean? I was doing a burglary and the cops were already in the living room when I was up in the bedroom. I had no fucking clue what was happening. I was thinking I was getting over and all this stuff. I was constantly under surveillance. The first arrest I ever had, they had been watching my mother's house for months. Why is having people come over? People who drove by that night saw them outside, and they kept driving. And they'd been watching my house for three months. I was there when they went over the report. Just the same thing when I was a kid. This happened when I was really young. I went into Roosevelt Field to the mall. I forgot this one. And I uh, went in, and I I'd go in, and i try some pants. And then i put my pants over them. Yeah? You know, think I was slick. So I stole a pair of pants... And I put my pants on, and I was walking out. They came down, and they arrested me, or they stopped me, you know, the people that worked at the store. And they broke me up into this room. I was like 14, 15. They brought me up into a room, and while they were doing the report, they said, uh, suspect entered store at 3 o'clock. Surveillance began, began at 3.01. <laughs> they, were, they were watching me before I even thought of stealing the fucking pants. <laughs> 
that blew my mind. I was a little kid. My eyes, my ears pricked up. I said, fuck, I, it's like, it's quarter to four now. What happened? They watched me as soon as I entered the freaking uh, store. Yeah. This what's, we're, we were totally out to lunch. Yeah. Unconsciousness was reigning supreme. We knew this shit hit the fan after it hit us in the face. And usually, we have, you know, maybe we wouldn't recognize diarrhea, maybe, but the turds we wouldn't. We're so used to them. But when it was wet and drippy, oh, shit, the shit hit the fan. But we are basically living in shit-hitting fans, yeah? And then we come out, we come in AA, and we get a little relief by becoming involved in the herd, you know? Get in the middle of the herd, and you won't get hit by so much shit. The shit's really swinging out there. Stay in the herd. And then slowly but surely, we come to, like it says in the second step. We come to, first we came, then we came to, then we came to believe. To me, the second step is just an observational step. You just recognized, you started doing what was offered at the meetings, and then you came to believe. It was a process, yeah? You maybe hoped it was true, but you came to believe it was. Because, see, many people, their faith has been dismissed because it was put into self, this process. So they're totally hopeless when they come into recovery. So the first thing they can maybe entertain is a little bit of hope. Yeah? But it doesn't stay hope very long because AA delivers the goods, you see? So you, don't, you come to believe quickly if you practice the program. You give up hope quick. Because now you believe, hey, this is freaking working. i do not not hoping it's going to work. It is working. Yeah? Why would I want to stay in the hope that something will work and, and miss out in the recognition that something's working so that I can further on and go farther and, in, in other words, enter into faith, which to me, faith is like, it's like an assurance, yes? It's almost faith is a point of when prayer can actually stop in a lot of levels to me. Because you have faith, there's nothing to pray for anymore. You know everything is okay, no matter how your perceptions are telling you, or no matter how it's being represented to you through the head process. Yeah? Because that, what's happening with us is life is being represented to us in this little movie in the theater, and then the, the self that arises out of that, out of that representation re, represents it again. And then again, and again, and again. And then it goes around and sells it to other selves. And then you cook up, like, nothing, something out of nothing. Yeah? You have maybe a resentment that you felt changed your whole life, and if you would go back to the person who you thought caused it, they don't even remember you. Most of it was freaking made up. Yeah? It was over and over, rehashed, re-edited, re-spliced. Yes, all with the one continuum, the idea of being the one who it happened to, yes? But re-edited, re-edited, re-edited so till it suits its needs. Not your needs, the mental process needs, because this mental process has given up the idea of living for your uh, betterment, obviously, for some fucking crazy reasons, like HAL in 2001, you know, that computer. It's just, it's taken over the mission. It thinks there's a whole different mission than to be happy, joyous, and free. To me, it wants to be right and special. You know? That's what it wants to really be right. And it can be really right when it's living and being really wrong. Yeah? You can be so fucking wrong, but it's getting to be right. Oh, it's fucking nasty. So you think, there's no way in hell if I was saying I'd ever want to put up with this, but you're not saying. Something's lavishing in that state. 
like I saw people who love misery, it becomes familiar to them, and you offer them gifts and vacations, and they'll say no to it. They want to have what they've got, even if it sucks. To me, this is the paralyzation of being caught up in mind. I mean literally in mind. Mind geometrically produced about five or ten times. And it's constantly reproducing, more, geometrically producing more and more and more. As you get older, the stories get more and more rigid. And more and more lies around them. Seriously. You'd see it, yeah? And then the hatred and the resentment and the vindictiveness for not getting what you thought you deserved or wanted in your life can really eat you up. And then, of course, it's got to dump out on others. Usually a significant other, because no stranger would put up with it. They'd fucking slap you around. (laughs) You feel safe enough because this poor, simple person just wants love, so you can dump your shit on them. Have you ever noticed when you were flipping out with a girlfriend or boyfriend, if some passerby came by, you shut up, usually, immediately. (laughs) And bid your time until they got out of range. You know, fuck. Insane. It's an insane system. So, AA, we've been brought to our knees, and from our knees, great things can arise. From our knees, from this seeming defeat, victory is at hand. Because we can truly see the fraudulence of this system called self-centeredness. Because it's an interpretation upon an interpretation upon an interpretation. And each round of interpretation, there's less and less life in it. Yeah? More and more story, more and more spin, less and less life. And we had it planned, that played out pretty far. Yeah? Why would we want to go back to that? The only reason why I find is that we don't have any, we've never entertained any other possibility. We just don't hear the good news. It's not offered everywhere. People are always trying to tell you how to improve the self, get self-esteem, and that's fine and dandy on certain levels. I'm not in dispute with any of that. But this is just another offering, which is fuck the self, in a sense. I know, and not benignly, in a way. I mean, I, indifferently. I don't really have an argument with the self, but I'm not that. Yeah? I don't want to get it esteem. I don't want to, get it, I don't want to spend money on its therapy. Because you cannot change its fucking stripes. I don't care how much you work on it. You, you know, forget about it. Guys, you'll support a lot of people in life, therapists and everything. But in fact, you know, I don't really care about it. And to me, that's the freedom of it. So when the thoughts that it's giving so much meaning to, because it believes it's the thinker of them, or they're about you, that's the only reason why you have so much goo and glue to thoughts is because the system believes it's about itself and that it's the thinker of it. The system is, lo- is in love with the system. Yeah? And being identified as part and parcel or the main cog of the system, how is that ever <laughs> going to get out of the system if it's only produced in the system? It's not real. It, self cannot leave self. The leaving of self is the recognition there wasn't one. That's the true leaving of it. That to me is truly relying on a power greater than self. So in the book it says, you know, in the steps, you know, 
turn your will and life over to the care of a power, uh, power, whatever, greater than self, of your own understanding. I do not want to do that. Because my understanding is captured as self. You know, I want to know a power greater than its... I want to know a power greater than self of its own understanding. I want to know that power by its own understanding, not by my understanding. Because if I know it by my understanding, it becomes a weaker power than self. Because I take it, that idea, or that, that possibility of something outside of the system, I bring it back in the system, make it a God in self-centeredness, and that God is necessarily weaker than the system, yeah, which is self-centered. So, of course, you see it, the God that you're praying to. Is it working every moment of every day? Maybe it's working on minor levels. You get a parking space in front of a meeting. But what about entirely ready to have something removed and it's actually removed when you ask it to be removed? Yeah. When you ask that thing in step seven to be removed, is it removed? And sometimes that power is so awesome, it will be re- removed and it will never be seen again. It'll be bye-bye. It's like what it says in page 84. The problem will not exist for you. Now that is a solution worthy of the name solution. That does not come from the system of self-centeredness. Every fucking solution is self-centeredness is temporary. You always got to sign up for a new and improved one, get the turbocharged one, the extreme Buddhism, or the radical extreme, super turbo Buddhism, the old Buddhism won't do in these heavy-duty times. It's all baloney. A solution worth its salt is a solution. Fucking period. Yeah? And to me, the, if a solution can make the problem not, a, not exist for me, that's a damn good solution. Yes? If the problem does not exist for me when I entertain the solution, that's a solution that's worthy to be entertained. And what causes the problem to keep existing for you is because self is entertaining it. Self and the problem of self are synonymous. They're both part of the mental process called self. There's not self having a problem. Self and the problem are synonymous. It's just like seer and seeing, thinker and thought. Yeah? The thinker and the thought. In this, self and problem are the same. That agitation that we say, please take a pause when agitated, you're agitated incessantly as self. Self is constantly seeking. The mental process of self-centeredness is constantly seeking. Actually, it's seeking for something to cause the absence of self, really, so that you can get some relief from the unbearability of its own machinery. It's mind-boggling. But consciousness is not inherently captured in that system. It's given over to the system by identification. It's not captured by the system. It's given over to it because if consciousness entertains or sees that it's not that, consciousness can, be re- can become unidentified as that. Yes? And then consciousness sees selfing. does not see from selfing. It sees selfing. Just like it sees everything else here, because it's aware. Whatever arises is seen by that all-knowing, quote-unquote, I, let's say, of awareness, yeah? It sees the verbing of selfing. It does not see from the verbing of selfing, that's unconsciousness. 
When you're seeing from the verb of selfing, you're unconscious to the fact that you're spirit. That's all. That's the ignorance. You're ignoring that fact actively by seeing from self. Yeah? But when you see self, that's being awake. Because you see self just like if you're walking down a, a road, you'd see a tree, you see the product of selfing. You see it happening. Yeah, Just like you'd see a tree. You feel the sense of self just like you feel wind if you were a tree, or the leaves. Like today I walked through a eucalyptus grove, and the sound of the wind through the eucalyptus was so unbelievably cool. Yeah? You can know you can know the wind by its sound. Yeah, You'll hear the sound of selfing. You'll hear it because the mind, the voice that you hear, has a sense of familiarity. You think it's you because it's the, it's the voice comes out of this body that you've called yours. You see? you'll see that all the bondage is identification upon identification upon identification upon identification. <coughs> self arising, which you can't do, but the sense of being a self arising out of the process and then playing God about the process. Yeah? Doesn't that what it does? It's a part of the process that arises, simply seems to arise out of the process and then it pontificates that process. That's why what would what would you would know that burns me? I won't touch it. It tells you a different story. Oh, that fairy princess is going to save you this time. <laughs> After the eight times or nine times, you've been fucked by it terribly. Yeah. Or oh no, doing some coke with this syringe. This is a better syringe than I used to use. This will this will make it better. If I, it's, a, it's a platinum syringe. I got it from GQ. Yeah, much better than the ones I got at the Chinese, you know, fucking pharmacy. No, no, no. It's story upon story. And so that thing is not out for your own betterment, obviously. It takes you down the same old roads that failed you before, and you keep going down the same old, same old. And we get to the point in AA where the biggest word to get in the whole AA program, which one is it? It's to be convinced. We have an immunity to being convinced. We just keep fucking falling in the holes and we get out and we pontificate how much we know about holes, how we never want to fall in a hole, and then we dive into the next hole. With all the knowledge. I know this water in this one. And then we pull out and you get out. Oh, I'll never do that. And then you're out there doing the same freaking again. So if this movie in the head is meant to navigate you through life so that what you've learned not to do, you don't do, and what you learn is helpful and beneficial to you and others you are moved to do, seems to be way, way fucking off. I think it's totally not even providing its basic uh, function. Why not fire it? But you can't fire it as it, you know? Firing it as it is being it again. Not being it. You can't be it because you're not. But you assume you are. That's the trickiness of the system. If you try to get out of self, yeah, and you get really into reading books about how to get out of self and everything, that's obsession with self. If you go to two years of classes of how to, how to get out of self, this is not a class about how to get out of self. This is not a class about how to get out of self. This is an invitation that you're not in self. It's totally different than hearing it that way. But if you sign up for two years of classes of how to get out of self, that's being in self in a sense. 
what I would call here being in self. The same thing with trying to get into the moment is actually proclaiming the fact that you're not in the moment. You have to see this, the game board, yeah? Consequential level is you're on the one board, one little square. Then you go, oh, this square will help. But you don't realize it's part of the same fucking game of self, yeah? Being in self and being out of self appear to be two squares, but when you look at the game from above, they're the one square. <laughs> the one square has a dualistic approach, so you get fooled. Oh, I was in self, now I'm out of self. But no, no, they are both encapsulated in selfing. So, to me, the best I could ever do for anyone is invite them to fucking see. Yeah? Not see the way I see. No fucking way. See. Yeah? Not give another way of looking. That's fucking tons of ways of looking. See. Yeah? How can I do that? It's happening. You don't do it. Remember, when that part of the process called selfing arises, it has some basic main characteristics you can recognize. One of them is that it claims everything. So all the other processes, all the other representations of life that come through the apparatus, are claimed by it as being the doer. So when seeing is noticed, I'm seeing. Hearing is noticed, I'm hearing. Thinking is noticed, I'm thinking. Feeling is noticed, I'm feeling. Yes. Then that same claiming moves on to the outside in the world of appearances, and now you claim this thing, and that car, and this pair of shoes, and that problem, and that girlfriend, and that boyfriend, and this, and that money, and my, 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 my. And there's tons of privatization of one's life. Yeah. The mind becomes its major, major movement, MY in English, which is the act of identifying. So it claims. Very important. If you can start seeing that, that's the biggest movement of God, playing God. Yes? It claims. So the thought is seen as my thought. Once a thought is seen as your thought, the weight of the thought changes dramatically. It's very difficult to let go of your thought. It's easy to let go of a thought because its nature is to go. It came... And anything that comes, goes. Yeah? And thoughts come very quickly, and they go very quickly, a lot of time. They're very fast. Compared to a body, it seems to be here longer than a thought in time. But it comes and goes also. But a thought comes and goes. But when the thought comes, and there's another thought arises, and it goes, my thought, yeah? that thought couples, the my is the bridge between self, the oldest thought, and the next thought that has just been seen, and the mind goes, that's the claiming of it. Now the thought that's noticed because you're conscious gets claimed by the self, which is not conscious. It's a thought. The self claims the thought as mine. So it's a thought claiming another thought. Yes? So not one bit of it rises above the mental process. It's all part and parcel of the mental process. You come out of the cauldron of this mixing or this stirring, this soup of mental process, 
comes out of this idea, the culmination of all the mental processes is, I'm having them all. Yes? That's part and parcel of the mental process. Yeah? What the hell are we? I don't freaking know. Hallelujah. But it's nice to see what you're not. It's very nice to see what you're not. Because that is the act of being awake. Yeah? If you're seeing from what you're not, that is the act of being unconscious. You can't be unconscious, but you can seem to be unconscious. But when you see the, the arising of self, that's the act of being awake. And what happens is, when you see the arising of self, knowing it's not you, you don't have much interest in its arising. So your attention and interest don't stay there that long. If they go other places, yes? So your attention and interest that was constantly getting sucked into this black hole of selfing, they get released to go places, yes? Now you can attend to someone else or to whatever. You can entertain possibilities that you can't imagine as a self. Yes. You see it. The people who are afraid of dying are the ones that are not, who aren't alive. The people who are alive aren't afraid of dying, usually. But the people who are dead are totally afraid of dying. Because the head, the mental process is representing death to them as a terrible thing to you as a self. <laughs> Your little movie's coming to an end. It won't be Paul doing Dallas anymore. <laughs> Even if Paul's being done by Dallas, he still hopes that he will do Dallas one day. <laughs> He's holding on. Keep me going. I want to be right and special. Yeah? I'm just bowled over by this invitation. I'm just shocked. I, um, I've never missed a meeting yet. Over 19 years now. Totally enthused by it. Yeah? My head just, it's like getting tickled from, uh, from above. It's like this long hand of something tickles me and I just get off. Wow. What a fucking possibility. Yeah? Freedom is like a moment of dancing with no one seeing it at all. Yeah? You don't even need a partner. It's nice. Sometimes you have one, but it doesn't matter. When that open thing opens up, leave in that possibility. Leave. Go. Don't see any reason to stay here. You will be here. Don't worry. It's until the end of when it ends. But this reluctance to go is what causes you. It's a certain weird of bondage. But when that possibility, that skylight opens, go. Just go. It's That's the urge. Just go. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get fired. Maybe you will. Probably be the best for you. But, you know, this, all these allegiances to this place, don't worry. This thing, this choreographer runs the whole show. Yeah. You ever feel that? When some that moment, some moment invites you just to go bye-bye? Well, bye-bye. <laughs> Take a real vacation for once here. Let's go. You ever hear a lot of running water? Running water, I recommend. If you can get running water and just stand there with your eyes closed, you'll lose any sense of uh, reference because it doesn't, for me it does, it just erases any fixed reference. And just let it take you as far as it wants to go. Yeah. You ever you go anywhere near a stream or a brook? Do we have them in San Francisco? Yeah, Golden Gate Park. 
find yourself there. Now and tomorrow I'll go there and some people will be there. <laughs> Where's that? But I, you know, I like the sound of the water. It's really cool. Yeah? Find these little things that trigger something, that trigger your mind to, to entertain. Let it come out of that, that, that artificial shell of selfing. It wants to go. It's got the potential. It can entertain unbelievable things. And the possibilities it can embrace are mind-boggling. Look at what it's done with this possibility. This was an impossibility that your head entertained. <coughs> this place is an impossibility our heads have entertained. That what we are could be separate, long-lasting, independent, suffer the pangs of loneliness and all this baloney, and get sick and all this. We have entertained an impossibility, and we're taking it to be real. Could you imagine if you entertained something that was real? The potential of that. And it doesn't have to manifest in, in time that gets better. One second of being out of here, one second of being out of here claims your own citizenship of never being here to begin with. One second. You don't need a whole lifetime of it. One second, the mind recognizes its home in that one second of pause. It doesn't matter if it has 40 more years of mundane, linear time here. It's never fooled again, literally. It just, it's... It's impossible. Once the mind entertains <laughs> its own potential, there's, this, there's no fooling it here. Yeah. You may think you're fooled, but it isn't. It's very clear. So. Well, I was going to have door prizes for you know, the first night. I'm going to try to win you over. If you come back four weeks in a row, we'll I'll back you. I won't do it either. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that, eh? Any questions, sir? I'm not just playing. It's nice. 7 o'clock work for people. I think there's, it was hard to park tonight because there's a, something happening at the temple. So I'll make sure they don't do anything next week. I've <laughs> got some power over there. <laughs> so I'll call them up then. So, but I, you like it, eh? I think this will work. I really enjoy it. So let me pass the basket in. And then you can get out and go eat and have coffee. Clement Street's happening. A lot of possibilities. Free from the chains of the dark dry dock. <laughs> The 9.30 was a little late there, and they don't have a good cafe really nearby. They used to do one on, on film over, they closed it. Because it's nice to fellowship, eh? That doesn't mean I'm going, but, you know, it's nice to <laughs> No, I definitely, I like to hang out. We have a nice thing that we do on Wednesday nights, so we'll make, maybe we'll make something up for Monday night. You like that reading tonight, the scientific thing? There's a book, it's called, uh, it's from Scientific American, good uh, magazine, it's the best of the brain, so they have all these articles on the brain. Yeah, this is a good one, I did, uh, I'll show it to you what I read, number five, it was pretty good, because I'm interested in the idea of the sense of a self arising out of the mental process, because that's exactly what we talk about here, yeah? You know, and the thing is, with us, obviously, if 
if the house is on fire, learn how to really pick up some pails of water, yeah? But also, the possibility of, like, uh, more all-encompassing aspects of the solution are available. If you get to the root of the dilemma, more and more to the root and tell the truth about it, the effects will be more dramatic, or they can be, let's say. Yes? So, get to the root. When the root changes, everything can change. representing and another representing and another representing and let's say this relative reality it just gets farther and farther away from it as time goes by because the self is mining it it's getting its a sense of being righteous or whatever it is or being bad and it's all that grows a sense of being something all those tumors of badness and those badges of goodness but there's there's the act of like a a frantic farmer harvesting constantly some sense of relevance, yeah? yeah? The mental process has forgotten it's the mental process. It's fucking trippy. It's actually taken itself to be a solid entity. And it's trying to make itself seem that way against a lot of evidence because the bottom line, it knows it's empty, yeah? A bottom line, it knows it's empty. But it's so it's constantly trying to paint that thing to make it seem like a solid floor, you know, but it knows, so it's busy, 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 re-representing, representing 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 movie upon movie upon movie, spicing it and everything like that, with the hopes that it can sort of rise out of the out of the fray and be a self, you know, a separate, long-lasting, independent entity. Our bonding to that is, obviously, look at all of us in the room. We've come a long way from a little kid. I don't know if you were in an abusive situation. I wasn't when I was a little kid, so I was left to be totally out there, you know, happy, and just, you know, until introspection started. <laughs> about four and a half. And, uh, you know, it was fucking cool as hell. And then, in a couple of years, I was a weird character. Just fucking... Thinking, overthinking, constantly, 
you know, what would happen would be represented, another representation, and it would be like, one wouldn't be enough, my mind would dwell on it and see about 30 representations of like, what did she mean by saying hello to me? Representing, represent, represent, fucking selfing, total obsessing, obsession with self. That's what it is, right? Talk about the root of the problem. It's good to see what the root of the root of the problem is. Yeah? Not just the root of the problem, but the root of the root of the problem. Yeah? Something that is artificial, something that came out of a process, has become the one who's having the process. We want to sort of see it as just what it is. It's part and parcel of a process. It's not meant to be determining our or navigating our life for us. Yes? Then you rely on something greater than self, and you touch taking orders in a different form than thought. Yeah? You don't have to be bludgeoned with the next suggestion. You can sense things. You have intuitiveness comes back, and you sort of can feel energies. And yes, you, you start living on a much different level, let's say. Yeah? And, way, and, may, and a lot of times, you live in the blueprint room. You're not in the developmental room, and you're definitely not in the consequential arena. You're in the blueprint room. You can see things starting to form. Because it's much easier to move out of an imaginary house than to move out of a real house. Once the blueprint room gets into the building stage, it's tough to stop the building. And once it becomes a building, you tend to become the uh, border of that building, and then there's consequences. But in the blueprint stage is where it's seen as just part and parcel of a mental process, and I am not that. Hallelujah for the good news, eh? <laughs> so we'll end with the serenity prayer, shall we?